1: the fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace the rob black show
0: good morning Rides and shine wakey wakey markets are open this show is dedicated to you the listeners of either the podcast or the radio broadcast thank you so much i hope we all get to retirement and our golden years truly golden or at least silver. We don't want them clay, fragile and old and brittle. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, winners winter chicken dinners were in the Nasdaq and the SP 500. The SP 500 continued sizzling August. I should be careful how I say that around people in California with the wildfires sizzling August. But the SP 500 notched its twelfth record high for the month. That is pretty darn impressive, as far as months go. There was that company called Affirm who skyrocketed yesterday with the announcement of a partnership with Amazon. Affirm does the buy now pay later business model, and they've already partnered with companies like Peloton and Spotify—not Spotify, Not Spotify um, Shopify. There's a difference in a P and an H, isn't there? Yesterday, the last troops left Kabul on a flight that took off a minute before midnight, officially ending the country's longest war in history. That left over 2,500 American soldiers dead. And countless Of Americans Damaged and injured Hurt in war To bear the scars for life That's gotta Be something What a heavy load Hurricane Ida turned into a Search and rescue mission As Afghanistan turned into a Get out of the country mission Now it's going to be turning into a diplomatic study of what can we build from that. But the $14 billion levy system appeared to hold up well in Southeast Louisiana. That's the positive news. More than 1 million homes and businesses remain without power. Again, Genvac, Home Depot, and Lowe's will see action in the days coming of more people going, loading up on what they can. Um, What else do we have today? Elizabeth Holmes is in the news more and more. She was the founder of the now shut down Stanford-based Theranos with a goal of revolutionizing blood testing. She did that back when she was 19 years old in 2003. So now she's starting to turn into a little bit of an older woman, shall we say. And she's on trial for the company being a complete fraud. Theranos had a $10 billion valuation by promising to perform 240 plus different types of tests with a single finger prick of blood. Hopefully, Elizabeth Holmes, although she was a fraud or appears to be a fraud, hopefully that technology eventually does get out there. Wouldn't that be nice? One drop of blood, 240 different tests. But in 2015, back in yeah 2015, it was late 2015, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post started running articles on a bombshell investigation into Theranos claiming the company's linchpin machine really couldn't do what was promised and that they were making up the results and telling people, you know, hey, we got your fingerprint of blood but we're actually using more of it now than we're going to send it out to another lab and just not tell you that. That's going to be made into a movie. Probably is in the works, if I were to be a guessing man. Let's talk current market conditions. Um, the S P 500 should be in a digestion mode because we had those 12 record highs in August. And we're still in August, not by long. The next big thing this week that I'm really looking forward to is the jobs report on Friday. Stocks are drifting right now below records as indices head for the winding August. Haven't had a lot of volatility this year. We've had a couple weeks of some down, but record high and then record high and then record high. It gets kind of old. Zoom shares are plummeting today. Um, as you would imagine, post pandemics not as sexy to the analyst as during the pandemic. U.S. home growth price surged at the fastest rate in more than 30 years. We'll talk about that later in the show. Taking a look at other issues, treasuries trade near for their flat lines. Oh, Moderna had an interesting, interesting angle. Um, a study came out showing that Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine produced twice as many antibodies as Pfizer's and the damage caused by Hurricane Ida is in the headlines, and then you get the pulling out of Afghanistan, and you get the wildfires of California, and I'm like, wait, 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 what did you say about Moderna? Caught up in all that news, I, I think that's actually a pretty nice story. And for someone who believes in vaccines, I do. If I had a choice right now, and this is where this is where Americans are Americans, tell me if I'm wrong. If I had a choice, I'd say, I want the one that produces twice as many antibodies, not knowing like twice as many antibodies can grow an extra head out of your shoulder. Don't do it, Rob. I'm like, but twice as many sounds good. You know, it's like the supersize me angle. Why get large when you can get supersized? Well, diabetes is knocking on my door. Stocks taking a breather at the open, Zoom video drops 15%. Consumer confidence decreased in August. That makes a little bit of sense. Now, here's the issue with consumer confidence. When I said it makes sense that it decreased in August, even though stock markets ran to record highs in August, what happens is you start getting news about Delta. And You're like, well, I don't think it's going to get my kid because my kid's kind of special, but my neighbor's kid, he may get it because his kid looks a little dirtier than mine. Confidence is a weird thing because we project it on our neighbors and our friends. I have a friend who's in the mortgage industry. I'm like, I keep thinking, you know, with these record low interest rates, you're probably not going to get any more business. You know, I make assumptions that I'm not him. I go, well, if he's not getting in business, he's probably not going to be flying off to Hawaii. If he's not going to be flying off to Hawaii, the the owner of the low Alohao Club in Hawaii is going to lose that, you know, guy who had one drink too many in the afternoons. And he made big fat margins on the alcohol sales. You see how it kind of trickles down. Confidence is a funny thing because the headlines of wildfire, COVID, um, inflation, Fed tapering—there's enough out there that our confidence should be a little bit rattled right now. And, and again, I'm, that's the funny thing about it—you kind of project on others. If you are to ask me privately, "How are you doing?" I'm—I'm I'm doing fine. Getting ready to sell a house. And did you hear about the housing numbers? It's going to go well in my favor. The Case-Shiller National Home Index posted an 18.6% annual gain in June, up from 16.8% in May. That's crazy. So U.S. home price growth has accelerated. In June, Boston joined Charlotte, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, and Seattle, and according to their all-time highest 12-month gains, annual gains for Phoenix up 29.3%, San Diego up 27.1 and Seattle up 25%. San Diego, I really understand because of the pandemic and there's just not that much housing. And during the pandemic we went from cities like San Francisco and San Diego, San, San Francisco and LA and we said we want to stay in California. Some of us do. Some of us want to go to Phoenix and Seattle and other cities that did very well, but San Diego makes a lot of sense. Beach town, COVID, pandemic, spacing on the beach. I get it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, all social media
1: Rob Black Show. Have a question? Reach out at RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over 12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP Services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com.
0: robblackshow.com. How are you feeling about Labor Day, the end of summer coming up pretty quickly on us? Pretty crazy, huh? Pretty crazy how fast it happens. Um, couple thoughts. As Labor Day comes up, obviously I'll take Labor Day off, but I don't know about you, but you know, you know, we're talking about consumer confidence. Sometimes people look around and almost saying the same exact thing, uh, that they're seeing in media like, oh, wildfires. I'm really depressed. Like you get, you get turned off watching the news. There was a point in time last year where the political rhetoric was just too much. I had to turn off everything because he couldn't escape it. Um, there's a little bit of that that sometimes happens. Where, for instance, I'm going to take off Labor Day, but I could take off the week after Labor Day like most Americans do, but I'm like, well, I can't go to the mountains and everything at the beaches are booked up, and Delta's got me a little bit scared, <clears throat> because every day you're hearing about three conservative radio hosts who are anti-vaxxers have died from COVID-19, and it's it's almost ironic, the most outspoken critics, the ones who have a microphone. I'm like, am I gonna be the next one because I have a microphone? I'm kidding a little bit, obviously, but at the same time, it just it's hitting people that hmm, I'm not gonna say suspicious. It's getting a lot of Americans again. So and a year ago we were trained to watch the news and like see how many hospitals are being used, see how many beds we don't have, see how many nurses are there. How many doctors have died? Like we were we were into it. We were consuming a lot of it. Now it's kind of not in the headlines. And a good storm in Louisiana, you know, might get six minutes of the news and push COVID down to two minutes of the news. But in my head, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to continue working because I don't know what else to do right now. I do want a vacation. I'm just not figuring it out. Okay. Enough about me. Um. Zoom. Let's talk a little bit about Zoom. Zoom is obviously the poster child of pandemic stocks, right? I don't know if that's fair to say. Um, But they had a quarter that wasn't the greatest because it wasn't all that and a bucket of chicken. So Zoom reported a modest second quarter beat not strong enough to meet elevated expectations. The quarters of explosive growth are behind them at this point in time. Growth is, I would say, normalizing, and coming out of the pandemic, we're starting to see users slow. Revenue is expected to be flat sequentially into the next quarter, and will grow for the fourth quarter about 15%. Investors are concerned about growth going forward. You know, I still use Zoom, but I don't pay for it. I'm not a big business. I'm not using it for more than 40 minutes. Uh, call free cash flow generation remains strong, but investors aren't willing to pay a huge FCF multiplier without a clear runway for any sort of growth. We've heard more and more about the acquisitions that Zoom is having to make to potentially. I, I'm listening to this. Light a fire under the stock. I really, Rob, with the Calder fire raging as it is, but they're doing acquisitions to try to light, get things going. Um, there's a company out there called Zoomtopia. Um, we're going to hear more and more about what Zoom is trying to pull off and who they see as strategic fits. That's kind of a different phase. When you go from 16 years old and you're a tall, good-looking person and you sprout to 18, 19, you're, you're that's a good time to be alive. You're young, you're beautiful, the sun hasn't damaged your skin too much, alcohol hasn't poisoned you, your liver. But now Zoom's turning from that sexy, hot individual into, eh, now you're 28, 29, and you're you're starting a little pudgy. So as it transitions as a company, if they're going to get their game back, it may take a little bit of plastic surgery or financial engineering and let's go acquire some company to see if we can get that 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 youth youthful blood back. And sometimes you buy young companies that are on the younger side that have, you know, the smarter engineers. Your engineers are all now 30 35 years old. Their engineers are now 18 to 25 years old. And they come up with better ideas, faster ideas, more breakthrough ideas. Spending rose more than 1 million in uh, enterprise customers. New customers accounted for approximately 74% of the incremental revenue. Zoom phones, Zoom rooms, and Asia-Pacific growth accelerated in the quarter. They've noticed that online businesses and individuals are starting to see some challenges from people socializing in person versus doing Zoom happy hours. Are we to look back in life and say, what the hell are we thinking with Zoom happy hours? Because just saying it right there made me feel like that doesn't even sound like a real thing. But yeah. Um, I know a company that sent cocktails to their, to their employees' homes. And they said, you know, which one do you want? Do you want a, a lemonade cocktail with no alcohol, a spicy rum cocktail, or do you want you know, to try to make a, a James Bond gin martini? And it, it was... I totally agree with you, Ferris. Um, But that seems like, did we really do that? (laughs) And the answer is yes. So SEC is going to put a, no, no, they're not saying that they're going to, but they're considering putting a ban on order flow. And if that happens, how is a company like Robinhood going to make money? So Robinhood does free trades. Now, here's the thing that Robinhood doesn't really let you know is that they direct the order flow and they try to find someone who's selling it for uh, a little bit lower or someone who's buying a little bit higher. Um, So the pricing isn't in your client's best interest with Robinhood. Now, again, you may never even know that. It may be an eighth of a, a, you know, um, if a stock trades at 77 and a quarter, that's obviously $77 and 25 cents If it's trade set. 77 three eighths. You're like, you're like, I'm not that good. Let's see what would that be. Um, but that difference between the three eighths and one half, or three and one quarter, that's where a lot of money can be made by brokerage houses by directing the flow of orders. And again, it's it's the nickel and penny approach. You know, pay attention to all the nickels and the dimes. You worry about the dollars later, because you can make a lot of money on the nickels and dimes. So the SEC says let's have companies move towards transparency. This t- almost seems to me like someone at the SEC is mad at Robinhood. SEC, by the way, is the governing body for stocks in the United States. They're they're the kind of ones who say um you need to have a hundred dollars on your balance sheet or you're not a real company. They're the one who set the standards. hundred dollars is the wrong number, and I probably shouldn't have used that as an example, but you get the idea. So the, chain, the change in any sort of payment order flow could be step one to hurting Robinhood on a move towards a larger reshuffling of how trades are processed and tracked. So Robinhood stock is under pressure today and last night after the market closed is 80% of their revenue comes from order flows. Weird when the world of legal gets into the world of stock market, we've seen China crack down. Now we're seeing the SEC crack down on, it looks like, to punish Robinhood. Good thing I don't own any shares of Robinhood. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
1: An education-first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show.
0: Let's get in the Wayback Machine, shall we? And go back to Bill Clinton as president of the United States. I'm not sure if this was pre-Monica, post-Monica, but there was a big financial reform in the United States that passed through Congress that basically allowed banks to become brokers, So banks who, you know, held money and lent money suddenly were becoming stockbrokers who obviously were buying and selling stocks and their customers, hey, you can be here as a banker and you can open another account as a broker and we can keep you under one roof. And the brokers got into the insurance business all because of financial deregulation. There's an example where deregulation really helped an industry before Clinton's term, (sighs) I can't even say this anymore. There was a Chinese wall between all three businesses. They they weren't allowed to like peek over the wall. They weren't allowed to do that. Too much information on the client. Too much like manipulation. Too much power. So we deregulated those industries. And I would say all things considered, it, it went pretty well. Um, You could look at maybe a Bear Stearns or a Lehman and say, well, that probably wouldn't have happened. I don't know. I'm not a professor in finance. I'm not going to do the history of financial deregulation, but there, there was an example where deregulation helped a lot of businesses get bigger. Now, did it hurt the small mom and pop brokers? Yeah. You probably remember growing up and seeing a brokerage in your firm where you're like, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, Wellstein. And you're like, who, well, mom, dad, who are they? And you're like, oh, they're, that's a stockbroker in the local town. But those days are getting fewer and fewer as companies like TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, and Vanguard have all consolidated business. Bear Stearns, Goldman Sachs. Not Bear Stearns, but Goldman Sachs. Uh, now Goldman Sachs, who used to be like they put their nose up to you, the consumer. They're like, hey, let's go get the consumer on board. We need more business, more business. And that's what deregulation did. And it, it like, a Goldman Sachs is probably hurting that regional stockbroker for sure. But deregulation isn't a horrible thing. But let me give you an example where I think this is kind of interesting. PayPal, who for a while we would – we were using it and we'd buy some stuff on it. And I've used it once or twice at Home Depot. And I get transferring money instantaneously. And it feels 21st century and that's fine. And PayPal led to Venmo. Venmo led to Zelle. Zelle led to – And there's just a whole host of them. Well, PayPal now is getting into stock trading. So the fintech companies are doing quite well. In fintech, I'm kind of saying companies that were created in the last 25 years are competing and getting much, much bigger than the companies like Goldman Sachs that have been around for 100 plus years. And when PayPal gets into... Stock brokering and trading—they're going to compete somehow with Robinhood. Now, does PayPal sound as good as Robinhood? No. Robin has got a great name. Let's steal from the rich and give it to the poor. I mean, let's let's have the millennial have their day where they can stick it to the sheriff of Nottingham. PayPal doesn't sound like anything with stocks, does it? But. When I tell you that PayPal has a market cap of $337 billion, just hold that stock, that number in your head, $337 billion, and then I tell you that Goldman Sachs, think New York, think ivory towers, think marbled floors, think um, Secretary of, yes, I'll buzz you in, Mr. Stern, and you're like, whoa, 100-floor buildings, right? So PayPal had... What was that number? 336 billion dollar market cap. Goldman Sachs has a market cap of 138 billion. You look at a company like a Robinhood, great ticker symbol. <laughs> Unless you live in the ghetto, then you're like, are you making fun of me, ticker symbol Hood? Um, Robinhood's got a market cap of about 35 billion. So it's fair to say, exponentially speaking, that PayPal's 10 times bigger. So them getting in, they, they need to come up with a good name. They need to come up with some good slick marketing. But they also have something that's very valuable. I've used PayPal. They have my email address. I I don't use it as much anymore. I'll be honest with you. As you get older, your digital transfer of cash needs are, seem to get slimmer and slimmer. But they have my email. They're going to drop me an email sometime soon of, hey, Mr. Black, long time, no see. Did you know that we offer a credit card? I'm like, did not give me some rewards and I'll be interested. Did you know that we offer stock trading? I'm like, ooh, did not know that. And again, I don't think PayPal getting into the stocks is for me. I think it's really for my kids. It's about the next generation that all they know is their phone. One of my favorite investment ideas is Redfin because I've looked around, have you? In the neighborhood and seeing more Redfin signs go up. This home is for sale. And yeah, you still see the, the real estate agent who's been there for 100 years and somehow they're drinking virgin blood and they're turning younger and younger every year. And, but they seem like they've been in your town for 100 years. Now I'm seeing more Redfin signs for sale. And um, I used Redfin to get into this home, an agent that I'm in currently. First time ever, and I'll tell you what, it was kind of awesome. The amount of data that they used, I'm a data guy, I loved it. It was a little bit cheaper than using a traditional broker. Did I overpay? Yes, Would a traditional real estate agent had uh, saved me in the negotiation? Maybe, I don't know. I don't care, I wanted to use the phone, gun, you know. Did all my, they are so docu-signed, they are da, 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 da. It's, it's tight. So, I think more and more homes for sale as you see them go up in your neighborhood next spring, pay attention because I, I think my kids will never know what a real estate agent was as far as like a Remax. Do I think Remax will be put out of business? I think Remax better get digital really fast. Otherwise, the millennials are going to say, oh, look at that T Rex over there. Um, so, right now, we're in a market that continues to hit new highs, new highs, new highs, new highs. I've always wanted to own Redfin, but I have to wait till the market falls 10, 15, 20%. I want to wait for that correction. Will I get cold legs and buy it at a 5% correction? Nope. I know that the 52 week high on a Redfin is almost $100 and it's down to 50. Hyper growth stocks, in my opinion, can correct 40 to 60%. Income stocks, maybe 10 to 20%. Growth stocks, 20 to 40. So hyper growth is going to get the most amount of ups, most potential downside growth stocks going to get good side up, good side down. Then you start getting the growth and in income a little less upside, a little less downside. And then if you've done your value stocks correctly in a worst case scenario, you're probably not going to get least more than 10% in a down market and of good value stock. What's a good value stock? They've been a lot of uh, utilities and financial companies. A bank, you can easily look at their net asset value, and you can say, well, here's all the cash they have. Here's the loans they have. Here's the spread. You could kind of come up with a book value without breaking your arm. Anyway, um, I have a shopping list is what I'm trying to get at. Yesterday, there was an announcement that I want to talk about. I'm a shareholder of Apple, and... It was announced that they're getting into satellite phones. I'm like, what? Do we really need that? (laughs) So I was kind of like asking myself some kind of stupid questions like, what? And I I can see like um, there's a company called Global Star, which offers satellite service. And their phone selection is not good. But the next iPhone is supposed to work with satellite technology. And I'm like, what? Is this Tim Cook's brilliant master plan to kind of focus legislators elsewhere? No. Global Star stock is lower today. Iridium is lower today. AST Space Mobile is down today. Yesterday was the sexy day. Yesterday they had their big run-up on the headline news. And then we started going, what is Apple doing? And it appears the functionality of Qualcomm modem in the iPhone 13 appears to be using along with the broadcast spectrum satellite uses It gives the initial hope of satellite based calling Unlikely So yesterday we were like, oh So what are they doing? So it's possible that Apple might start using a modified modem that would enable some features like emergency calling when cellular networks weren't available I live now in a fairly rural area for instance, I don't get Verizon phone service in my home. So if the hills behind me caught on fire, people wouldn't be able to call me and say, get out, get out, fire's coming. Or let's let's say there's a monster. That sounds like there's a monster above your house. Um, but if Apple can get into using some modified spectrum and they're building their own chip, there may be something there. Elon Musk, we already know, has space-based internet service with 100,000 plus subscribers already. So be careful when the headline breaks Um, because when the analysts start looking at it, they're like, yeah, it's not going to be working with Elon Musk's company. No, it's not going to do it. So it's not going to open up. Think of markets like many parts of Canada in the wilderness or Africa, the deserts, and the vast uh, swaths of farmlands around the country where there aren't cell towers. You can see what Apple's trying to do, but it's not a reality yet that we know of. Yesterday, we bought on the rumor. Today, we're selling on the news. Classic Wall Street phrase that pays. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Questions about
0: how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com
1: and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com.
0: One of my favorite types of food in the world New Orleans-inspired creole. I think as an investor, the angle that I would take away from this is there's all type of investors. And just like there's all types of food. Um, My favorite dish to try is chicken piccata. I know you're saying, you don't like the little baby veal piccata? No. I know some people that do. Um, To me, that's just the taste that we all have, I'm sure you have a favorite one, you like chicken parm, someone else likes to try uh, sirloins or fillets, the best in the world. Ruth's crisp 1600 degrees, uh, burning of the cow versus the standard Applebee's, throw it on the grill and flip it over a couple times. So we're all different types of investors, right? I was looking for a story for the fourth segment today. and. You keep seeing different types of investors. Uh, ESG right now. Sustainability reports are now being offered for all companies. And I'll be honest, I care about it maybe 10%. I'm more about the black and sizzle of the steak than I am about the integrity of the cow. The ESG is the integrity. Um, my goal is to get you to retirement by helping you put together a portfolio of stocks and indexes. By helping you cut down on financial mistakes like annuities or traps that can take your money easily like high-loaded mutual funds. When I got in the industry 25 years ago, there was a a popular family of mutual funds called the American Funds, and they are typically sold to the public by a stockbroker who might be 25 years old, has his first suit, is trying to make a living, trying to... Get out of the restaurant industry or wherever he was working before. Maybe trying to get launch his first career after college, and he hears about stockbrokers and he sees a TV show. And he goes, "I want to go. I want to do that. I want to be like the boiler room guys or the trading spaces. Not trading spaces, trading places with Eddie Murphy. Buy, 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 buy. Sell, 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 sell. Mortimer. Um, the American Funds had a 5.5% load." And I've never looked at them again because I was just like, I don't want to use the word criminal. Let's just say it was a high fee to buy. So you would say, you'd go to your, your honey, your sugar bugger, your spouse, your loved one. And you'd say, honey, I'm going to go invest in our future because I love you so much. Um, how much do I love you? I want to live with you from age 60 to 100. I want to travel the world. I want to get in a hot air balloon and travel all the way around the world with you. And she's like, can we stop at some nice hotels along the way? And those hotels are going to cost money in retirement. He's like, yes, yeah, so we could stop at hotels because I'm saving money with I got this new stockbroker down. Uh, he, he's a young guy, and he's, he told me that he, uh, he's got a hot mutual fund for me called the American Funds Growth and Investing Technology Fund. And, honey, it's going to invest in growth, and it's going to invest in technology, and it's done great. Now here's what they don't tell you. When he goes to put $100 in, he's only buying $94.50 of that fund. Cause it's load. So the broker makes $5 and 50 cents. He's typically p- splits half with his company that is helping him buy it. X, Y, Z corporation, or you name the broker. I don't want to throw any, pro- any brokers under the bus here, but a lot of independent agents would work for firms like LPL financial. And LPL would say, here's a list of stocks and mutual funds that we find okay. And if that broker bought from that list of stocks and mutual funds, if the client ends up getting upset, getting angry, suing them, LPL would protect the broker from the client. But if the broker went off script and started buying some random stuff, LPL would not. Now, LPL knew how to set up the commission structures so that they could Basically, made every time their broker would sell you $100 of a mutual fund, they said, "Let's, We only recommend the American funds. Now, that's just a made up example. But the broker knew, the brokerage firm knew that their broker would sell $100 and they wanted to cut. You could have gone with a Vanguard fund that had almost no fees, or you could have gone with American funds that had $5.50 on every 100, 5.5% load. That's too much. When you looked at the index funds that Vanguard had, you were talking about 25 basis points. 100 basis points equals 1%. So you can buy a mutual fund, they call them index funds, over at Vanguard for 25 cents on $100, or you can pay $5.50 for the right to own $100, so you're really only buying $94.50. Anyway, you get the idea. We're all different types of investors. I'm not a big ESG person but I'm also not stupid enough to completely ignore it. Apple needs to go out there and say things like, oh, all of our carbon footprint's going to be reduced dramatically, or kids are going to turn on them. There was a period of time where Skechers were selling really well in America because Nike was getting headline news of, you know, abusive labor practices in Asia, where a lot of women and children were being put in factory works, working long hours, working in bad conditions. Um, it is interesting. You look back at Nike and some of the issues that they had with Asian factories and even Apple's had some issues. Kathy Lee Gifford had some horrific nightmares down in Mexico with her factories manufacturing her clothes. But you look at Amazon and Amazon's kind of like the poster child for American bad boy factory work. Um, you always, in the past, you're like, ah, that's just Mexico. You know how that is. Oh, that's just China. You know how they... They need jobs there. The average Chinese person makes a dollar a month, lives with 1,400 other people in his house. And like we would easily characterize labor abuses in other countries as they're a poor country trying to create wealth. But when you look at Amazon, you're like, this doesn't make sense. Now, again, the conditions are all different with all countries and all different firms that I'm mentioning. But I'm, I'm looking for sizzle. I'm looking for uh, quality. I'm not necessarily looking for... Uh, antibiotic-free. I know the right thing to do the long-term is the antibiotic-free. But I like a little black and crust on steak. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We're all different investors. Know that about yourself. Get to know yourself as an investor. You're not me. I'm not you. Find me online at all social media, Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
1: Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.